Welcome to another edition of the Niner Sports Talk. I'm Cameron Williams here with my co-host, Miles Reuter. And if anything could go wrong with Charlotte sports the past few weeks, it has, wouldn't you say, Miles? Most definitely. I mean, the past two weeks, games have been canceled due to COVID cases. One was because of Charlotte. One was not because of Charlotte. And this has just been a rough year for Charlotte sports in general. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Gardner-Webb had a cluster within their program canceling this past weekend's game and Hopefully, assuming no COVID cases emerge again this week, we'll play the Marshall Herd next week on November 21st. But just pinging off what you said about disappointment, I, I, mean, I feel for the players. I mean, it's got to be so disappointing to you know, have your schedule set and then constantly game after game be canceled because of this pandemic. I'd say this is most disappointing for the seniors because this is your last season. This isn't like baseball uh, where last year they said, you know, you're going to get another year of extra of another extra year of eligibility. This is their final year. They're probably not going to get another year of eligibility. So this is this is their last year and the, half their games are being canceled and there's nothing they can do about it because there's positive cases. There's false positive cases. There's a lot of things going on. It's sometimes it's just out of your control. Yeah, And you can't really do much about it. Uh, like you said, it's out of our control whether it's a positive case or false positive. I mean, yeah, I feel for the seniors. I feel for the coaches. They're losing these seniors after this year. Will Healy's built a relationship with all of his seniors, and it's just got to be frustrating and disappointing. I would also say mentally derailing. I mean, this is just rough because you've put all the preparation into a week, and then come Friday, this has happened like I think three times already this year, where come they prepared the entire week, then come Friday, get canceled, and you put all those days and weeks into preparation for the game, and it just gets canceled the day before the game. So that's got to be setting and really derailing. You say it's been canceled the day before, and that's got to happen that way. Unfortunately, all the testing comes back the day before the game, and if anybody has a positive test, then they've got to cancel. I would say another thing that's disappointing with this is just they had unc on the schedule early in the year when we play a team like unc and the acc we get money back from playing them because we're probably not going to win that game if we miss out on that game we don't get that money back to our athletic program not only do we not get to play that game and see how our team matches up against a greater opponent but we also miss out on the money to help out other sports teams at Charlotte. It's definitely been a financial setback, if you will. Like you said, the UNC game was canceled. Off the top of my head, I can think Middle Tennessee and Gardner-Webb have also been canceled. I mean, looking to the future, hopefully we can stay healthy as a program. Hopefully our opponents can stay healthy so we can finish out the season strong. Yeah, speaking of the future, Charlotte did also have their game canceled against FIU early in the year. Luckily, that one got postponed. It wasn't canceled. So we still play FIU, I think, on December 5th or maybe December 12th. It's one of those two dates. So there's still another one of those games is still going to be played later in the year. But majority of the games that have already been scheduled this season have been canceled and those aren't coming back. Well, on a more positive note, let's uh, give some players some midseason grades. Starting off with Chris Reynolds, I would definitely give Chris Reynolds an A-. I think he's done very well being a leader for his team, only being a junior. He'll be back next year. I think he's done a good job to lead this team through what's been a roller coaster of a year. Most definitely. This has been a really rough year, and especially as the quarterback, you're at the helm of the offense, so you have to have the most poise and control over the team when everybody else is a little erratic. You have to be calm and in control of everything. My grade for him is a 
about a B, B plus. That may be a little low. I think it's just because of last year because he set the expectations so high. He had a great season last year, led Charlotte to the first bowl game ever in program history. And I thought he played so well. And so the expectations heading into the season were really high. And not saying that he hasn't lived up to those expectations, but I don't think he's played nearly as well as what he did last year. Personally, I think we have to step back and readjust our expectations for this year especially because it's unpredictable i mean games being canceled like we've mentioned before anybody whether you're the best quarterback in the ncaa or the worst it's going to be hard to manage roller coaster season mm-hmm. now i'm not saying like he's had a bad with my b plus grade that's still passing and not saying that he's had a bad season it's just not a worthy it's not been a great season a couple games i look at to knock him down a few notches is against app state the first game of the season two interceptions only completed 36 percent of his passes especially in a game like against app state against a bigger opponent we were really close in that game that game was competitive throughout the entire way and i feel like if we completed more passes and maybe made more plays we could have possibly won that game yeah and i mean on the year he's completing over 50 percent of his passes he's only had two interceptions on the year got a lot to do with just the play calling really but moving on I want to talk about, like you said, the two-headed horse and Trey Harbison and Victor Tucker. Moving on, I want to talk about the two-headed horse, like you mentioned previously, and Trey Harbison and Aaron McAllister, and how they both have over 250 rushing yards, and Harbison has four touchdowns and McAllister has three. For me, I'd give them an A. I think they've played really exceptionally this year, and I think it's just because of how well they played together. Because Trey Harbison, he's really good out of the backfield. He can get a lot of rushing yards. And Aaron McAllister, surprisingly, he's done really well in the receiving end. I think he has a receiving touchdown as well. He has three touchdowns this season. And I think they've been really good at bouncing off of each other and being a really good rushing force for Charlotte. Yeah, not to really contradict what you said there, but Aaron McAllister's only attempted 37 rushes for 254 yards with an average of about seven yards per carry. Harbison has 64 touches for 257 with an average of four per carry. I would give McAllister just a slightly better grade. I'd give him an A and maybe Harbison a A minus just simply because the efficiency level. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Aaron McAllister has definitely done better in terms of how many yards he gets per time he gets the ball. And Trey Harbison, he came in from Northern Illinois. This is his first season with Charlotte and his only last season because I think he's a graduate senior. So Aaron McAllister has been a part of the program. He was behind Benny LeMay all this time. Now he's kind of sharing the touches with Trey Harbison, and I think he's done a really good job so far this season. And Victor Tucker, our receiver, I would give him an A for sure. Not trying to be not critical of our players, but he's been everything and more for a receiver this season. He's been a really big safety blanket for Chris Reynolds. Anytime Chris Reynolds really gets in trouble or needs someone to get open, Victor Tucker's always there. So he's really picked up on the receiving end because Cameron Dollar hasn't had the best season. Victor Tucker's kind of picked up the slack, and I think he's done a really good job at being the solidified number one receiver for the team. Yep, and the last player I really want to look at is uh, Ben DeLuca, who needs no introduction. A-plus across the board. Phenomenal athlete. He unfortunately has had the last two games canceled, and he's still looking to break the all-time tackles record for the 49ers, but I'm sure the next game that we play, he'll for sure do that. Yeah, he tied it against Duke back on Halloween, which seems forever ago, and then last weekend, games were canceled. You know, he's, he's still looking to break that record, but it's going to happen eventually. He's going to break it at some point. It just matters. There's five more games a season he's gonna break it at some point and i'm excited to see it yeah it seems like forever ago but that's the last game charlotte's played was against duke 
And so overall, what would you rate the defense outside of Ben DeLuca? How would you say the defense is played? Probably anywhere from a C plus to a B minus. I think they give up a lot of big pass plays through the air. Their run defense is pretty solid. I mean, the game against Duke was kind of a fluke, but Duke game planned very well for our defense and didn't have to pass very much. But overall this season, our rush defense has been better than our pass for sure. Yeah, your grade was exactly what I had. Actually, I had him at like C plus, but also a B minus because looking at the bigger games like Duke, those ones clearly the defense didn't play well but if you look at how they did against like fau or north texas they stepped up and they played a really good game and shutting down their quarterback and shutting down the offense the only thing that holds me back is that the rush defense like you said has been pretty rough against app state and duke those are the really big games where the rush defense fell apart and it cost us those games yep absolutely overall for the offense i would i'd say probably a b plus their offense has been efficient in some of our conference games that we've played but against our bigger opponents like app state and duke duke especially our offense just looked very flat what's your opinions on that yeah i got them at a b plus too ironically i think the skill players for charlotte is really what makes this team go. We talked about Trey Harbison, Aaron McAllister, Victor Tucker. I also like Michaelius Elder. He's been a bit of a, a different kind of player because he's good out of the backfield and as a receiver he's got over 200 yards receiving also has two rushing touchdowns and he's someone that I really like on this offense. I talked about him in the last podcast. I like him a lot and I would hope to see him more in the offense the rest of the season. Yeah, and you mentioned Elder. His average reception is 13.6, which is actually more than Victor Tucker, Reynolds' number one receiver. So it just is a testament to how they use him in the passing game, more longer passes. And I think overall, he's done really well this year. So moving on, we're going to hit on our Niner Times basketball preview. Yeah, so basketball is just right around the corner. It's exciting. Basketball is finally back for college. It's set to start on November 25th, but conference play isn't going to start until 2021, starting on January. January 1st. There's a lot of things to look forward to this basketball season, looking at Jameer Young and Jordan Shepard. Yeah, Jameer Young, stud freshman last season. He'll look to bring a sense of leadership this season for sure, leading a team through uncertain season, and he'll look to be the star, if you will. Yeah, both players, they both came in last season. Jordan Shepard transferred from Oklahoma. This is his first season. Jameer Young, a freshman, now a sophomore. He's going to look to be a big leader for this team because he had 12 and a half points per game last season. He's probably going to average more. And one thing to note, for those of you that did not know, they are both on the preseason all-conference USA team. So they're going to be a really dynamic duo and the leaders for this team. I actually had the opportunity to interview Milo Supika for the 49ers. And he said that leading a team, being a senior this year during COVID is unlike anything that he's had to experience before, unlike anything his team's had to experience before. The level of being careful that each athlete on any team has to have is beyond anything that we can really comprehend because anybody gets the sniffles and they're going to be tested. Yeah, so Mila Sapika, he's going to be a, a huge voice on the team. Not only is he one of the taller players on the team, but he's also going to have a big voice because he's been with Charlotte longer than anyone. He's the most experienced on the team, and he's going to have to be a big leader for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Just looking at their conference schedule, like we mentioned last time, there's going to be two games. Now it's actually moved to Friday and Saturday, the same venue, whether it be home or away. The next week, we'll travel to play a different opponent at their place Friday and Saturday. And uh, one thing Milos really hit on in our interview was that play in 
a game back to back like that with little preparations is going to be very difficult because being a basketball player, you know, you have to have your rest. And when you're playing back to back days, you can get very fatigued very easily. Yeah, definitely. I would say another thing that's kind of difficult to be a leader of this team is with all of the newcomers and the young players that are coming in. Because last season, Drew Edwards, Malik Martin, Cooper Robb, Bamba, they were all on the team. They've all graduated or left and transferred. So someone like Supika, who's been here for a few years, he knows the program, he knows what the coaches are like. He's going to have to really step up as a leader, especially for the younger guys who are trying to learn and be invested into the system. Yeah, I think Coach Sanchez has a firm grip on the team. I think he's going to be a great leader throughout this season. And Milos really hit on that as well. He says that Sanchez is a great leader and he thinks that he'll do a great job this season. That's a statement I would agree with because, I mean, I like Ron Sanchez. I really like him. I think he's a really good coach. He likes when his players play hard. So does everybody, but especially him because that's what this team builds off of is playing hard, playing good defense and scoring. And that's something I think he took off of Virginia. Looking at the women's team as well, Mariah Lenny will be a big leader this season for the Charlotte women's team. And Coach Consuegra is looking to break the all-time wins record as well. Yeah, she has 165 wins so far. She's going into her 10th season at Charlotte has been here a long time. A lot of people like her. 10 wins away from the record. Probably going to break that. Bearing games don't get canceled and everything is played through. She's had a really successful career at Charlotte and I would expect her to break that before the season ends. Yep, absolutely. But best of luck to our men's and women's teams this year. I hope that the season goes smoothly and that there are as minimal cancellations as possible this season. Yeah, this year is going to be a little rough, a little different. There are probably going to be some games canceled. It's just like football. That's just the way the games are going to be. It's unfortunate. We don't like it. And there's probably not going to be a lot of crowds at the game unfortunately we would love to see a packed house at the arena but that's probably not going to happen and we just have to deal with it for the season yeah unfortunately that's just the way it goes there's nothing we can do about it moving on to our last topic of the evening charlotte will look to play the marshall herd on november 21st assuming no covid interference so what are your initial thoughts and keys to the game miles my initial thoughts are this is going to be a tough game there's no way around it. Marshall is a very talented team. They're ranked nationally. So not only are you playing an in-conference opponent in Marshall, but also they're a very talented and very good team. One of the things that scares me about this Marshall team is their defense. And that scares me for Charlotte because they're ranked second in terms of scoring defense. They're only averaging 10 points per game, and that's going to cause a lot of trouble for Charlotte. Yeah, on the season, Marshall has 22 sacks. And for Charlotte, they have got to be strong in the pass block game if they want to have success against Marshall. That's one thing I think Charlotte has really struggled with this season is defending teams that can really get to the passer. That's not a knock on the offensive line or Chris Reynolds. That's just, you got to give a compliment to the other team, their their pass rush, because they're making it difficult on Chris Reynolds and other quarterbacks to make plays, and they're doing a really good job at doing that. Yeah, and uh, you can't look at Marshall without looking at Grant Wells, their quarterback. He's completed 126 out of 192 passes on the season for over 1,600 yards with a completion percentage of 65.6%. And 16 touchdowns and only four interceptions. One thing that's scary going forward with him is that he's actually a freshman, which is really hard to believe. He's got 16 touchdowns on the year, over 1,600 passing yards, and he's doing that as a freshman. So not only is he really deadly in terms of moving the ball down the field, he's also really young and he's going to be around for a while. Yep, for sure. And looking at running back, Brendan Knox, he has 744 rushing yards on the season, as well as nine touchdowns with an average of five rushing yards per attempt. Yeah, he's a really good runner. It's going to be 
really tough to stop him. The Charlotte defense is really going to have to step up. Ben DeLuca, Tyler Murray, they're going to have to play really good games. They're going to have to stay poised on defense and wrap up and tackle him because if you don't, he's going to take it to the yard and the game's going to be a track meet. Yeah, I would say the ultimate key for Marshall is just exploit Charlotte's defense when they can. When they see a weakness, attack it at every point. Keys to the game for Charlotte, don't let that happen. <laughs> I mean, as, as awkward as that sounds, they've got to be strong on defense. They can't let any big pass plays break off or any big runs happen. So yeah, that's my keys to the game for Charlotte, for sure. My keys to the game is really just to shut down the run game. That's really how teams dominate Charlotte. If you can stop Brendan Knox, like I said earlier, Grant Wells is a freshman. He's not perfect. He's a freshman. If you can stop the run game, force him into long third down situations and get that freshman quarterback in trouble, he might make a, make a few mistakes, which in turn could really help out Charlotte on offense. I would say throw a few extra blitzes in there as well. Really put the pressure on Wells to make a decision quick. And more than likely, when you make a decision quick and irrational, it'll end up being a bad decision. On the other side of that, I would also say Charlotte has to get the run game going, get McAllister and Harbison going. Harbison, he's like you said, he hasn't had as many yards per attempt. If they can really get that going and then use McAllister and Victor Tucker in the passing game, that's going to be a really good benefit for Charlotte this game. Yeah. And one thing I would say for Charlotte is don't be afraid to pass the ball. Marshall only has four interceptions on the season. So don't be afraid to take that deep shot when you feel like there is a weakness in Marshall's defense. I would also say throw in a couple trick plays. Charlotte did a little Philly special with from Dom Schaffner to Chris Reynolds a few weeks ago. Why not throw a couple other trick plays? Maybe a wide receiver pass, wide receiver screen or wide receiver reverse or something, you know, got to mix it up against good teams that have good defenses. Yeah, maybe not the two point conversion attempt to the left tackle, though. Yeah, let's throw that one in the trash, actually. Let's not use that again. So uh, what are your final score predictions? Who takes it? Yeah, like I said earlier, this is going to be a really tough game. They're playing on the road. And I think that's not that that really matters this in 2020. But it's still you're not playing on a familiar grass. You just got to play better. And Marshall, they're really talented. Grant Wells, their defense is also really good. I feel like Charlotte's going to struggle a bit. And I think Marshall's going to win. I got the score at 37 to 21. Yeah, I've got Marshall as well. You're more generous than I was. I was going to say 34 to 17. Yeah, I think Charlotte's going to struggle on the road. It's definitely not going to be a tough game. They're playing against a tough opponent, a ranked opponent in Marshall. Marshall's always a tough game, especially with Grant Wells and the defense, the way that they're playing. The reason why I got 37-21, I think it's going to get ugly early in the game. Marshall's going to get off to an early lead. Charlotte's going to try to get into the game late, but Marshall's already going to have the game secured in the bag, and Charlotte's going to lose by double digits. Well, we can definitely hope as 49er fans that there is a game this Saturday. And that's all for this episode of the Niner Sports Talk. It's been a pleasure as always, Miles. Bradley and I will be on next week as Bryson is out of town. I'm Cameron. I'm Miles. And that's all for this episode of the Niner Sports Talk.